0: and welcome to the Fantasy Rewind Podcast. I am your host, Dylan Stoll, and I'm joined as always by my friend, Michael Wifford. Heyo! So today, we are going to get into a bunch of different things, but mostly talking about the film, The Fellowship of the Ring. And, of course, Mm. when I say we're talking about The Fellowship of the Ring, I mean we're talking about the extended cut of The Fellowship of the Ring. Because as Mike and I were just talking about... There's really no other way to watch the movie and we enjoy it so much more and with all the little minute details and everything, but we'll get into all of that. Uh, So before we get into it, we're going to talk a little bit about some news and everything as well uh, because there's some good fantasy news brewing, but we are are going to open up here again just giving out our social handles where if you want to follow the show, you can do so on Twitter at Fantasy Rewind. And then on Instagram, if you want to follow the show there, it is at Fantasy Rewind Pod. If you want to reach out to the show with any comments, any suggestions for what we should cover or anything like that, we're open to talk about anything fantasy and would love to do so. So, jumping in here, Mike, we got some news regarding The House of the Dragon, which is coming to HBO soon. And so, do you want to tell us the release date for that?
1: Yeah, August 21st. Um, so it's com- It's really interesting the timing they've uh, decided, or the, you know, the time frame they've decided to release this, because now it's going to be in direct competition with the Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. Yes. So <laughs> don't know if that was a wise decision, but um, at least we get to benefit from, from whatever they're trying to do, at least right now.
0: Yeah, I don't know how great of a decision it was for HBO to do that, but I think that it was a conscious decision to be like, oh, you're coming oh, out definitely. with Rings of Power, bam, House of the Dragon, same time, like you said. We're going to shut you down. <laughs> yeah, like you said, it's going to be great for us fantasy fans, and definitely looking forward to that. Before we hopped on here, we rewatched the trailer for House of the Dragon. Mike, for the first time, My first myself, time. <laughs> you know, a couple different times, but look, the show looks really cool. Uh, You know, it is just Mm -hmm. a teaser trailer that is available right now, kind of like with Rings of Power, with all these shows that are months and months and months out still. They're not releasing too much information, but we were talking about how the one criticism we really have of the teaser trailer so far is the hair. (laughs) And how strange Matt Smith, who you might know from Doctor Who, looks with a long-haired blonde wig, but... I still am very excited about the show and all things in the realm of a song of ice and fire. Um so going on from there I just wanted to briefly mention the show Arcane on Netflix. Um mm. i binged through the entire series on that yesterday. So I know I really enjoyed it. It's a League of Legends show, it's animated and it was just really fantastic and very enjoyable
1: um do you have anything you want to say about it mike definitely very well done uh me and my partner watched that a few months ago and we really really liked it um like you said league of legends based i used to play it we used to play it a little bit um and it just again really cool the lore that they're taking from all these different um spaces video games books and turning them into these really awesome shows. And I love that it's animated and it's just so well done. Mm -hmm. The storytelling was just there. And so many people really liked it from uh, some of the reviews and things I saw. So I'm really excited that um, animation is really being used, especially since like you can't do all these effects and all these things that are like talked about in books and shown in like video games in live action films Mm -hmm. necessarily. Um, so it's really neat for them to really embrace animation to tell all these stories. Right. And just, like, if you do go
0: about trying to show certain things in live action with, like, CGI and everything, sometimes it's not the best result. And you have people kind of doing a little cringe like you just did there. Yeah. But... Doesn't always age very yes, well, either. exactly. Whereas, like, <laughs> the animation, you know, I don't know, like, some some aging of it doesn't really work that well either like talking about like Rankin bass but then again well, you can do some really yeah, cool but stuff i mean with
1: it. yeah and i i would even i might argue that a little bit like thinking about like the last unicorn which was an animated fantasy movie from forever ago maybe also done by Rankin bass i don't know but that was very well done and i still think it holds up kind of well yeah, I mean, but that's yes, a, an entirely different discussion. A, we could we could have a whole podcast on uh, animated, animated shows, uh, shows yeah, and Yeah, we could. Because, I mean, you take a look at, like, Dragon Ball and stuff right. like that, and it's still good for the most part. For the most part, yeah. Outside of, like, 15 episodes on the same fight. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: moving on, though, to the next little bit of stuff we're going to talk about here is I recently just purchased uh, what's going to be my next... Series that I'm going to take on, which uh, was the Six for Crows uh, duology. Here, so mm. what we're gonna, I'm gonna be doing next is right now I'm reading Wheel of Time. I am more than halfway. I'm like probably 75% of the way done with Crossroads of Twilight. And once I finish, oh nice! Once I finish uh, the Wheel of Time, I'm gonna go on to re-reading the Lord of the Rings again, and I'm gonna supplement mm. that as well with the Six for Crows duology here. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to my fantasy reading for, like, the next several months. <laughs> so...
1: Uh, but what are you doing as far as your reading goes, Mike? So I am still um, getting th- listening through uh, Lord of the Rings... Or, sorry, Wheel of Time. And I've started picking up a couple of podcasts, like lore podcasts on Lord of the Rings in anticipation of moving into uh, Rings of Power in the future. And so... After this book on uh, in the Wheel of Time, I try to finish it up, which I'm pretty sure I'm still on the same one I was on forever ago. Um, <laughs> I am going to probably switch over to uh, Lord of the Rings, and then I'm going to go into um, Mistborn, the Mistborn Ooh, series. Exciting. And so I, I think that's the direction I'm heading in right now. I'm still also reading, finishing up the Sandman series. Um, as well as, you know, every other book I have <laughs> <laughs> to read list. But um, I think that's kind of the direction I want to go is I'm going to do Lord of the Rings next. Kind of take a pause on will time. Lord of the Rings next. Uh, and then get into uh, Mistborn and read through that. Either Mistborn or Stormlight Archives. Mm. Haven't decided yet, but it's going to be one of the Sanderson well, series. Well, if you go with Mistborn, the first trilogy is at least complete. So you can finish that
0: up. Yeah, I know.
1: Well, no, there's like... Oh, I know, I know. Th- I was saying
0: like the first Most trilogy within the Mistborn series because there's oh, yeah, you know, yeah. multiple, multiple timelines there. All right, but that's enough chit-chatting about other things here. Let's dive into the Fellowship of the Ring. Go for it, Mike.
1: I wanted like to just kind of go and do the, uh, um, the intro here. I'm not going to do any of the Elvish because I would butcher it. The world is changed. (laughs) I feel it in the water. I feel it in the earth. I smell it in the air. Much that once was is lost, for none now live who remember it. It began with the forging of the great rings. Three were given to the elves, immortal wisest and fairest of all beings seven to the dwarf lords great miners and craftsmen of the mountain halls and nine nine rings were gifted to the race of men who above all else desire power for within these rings was bound the strength and the will to govern each race but they were all of them deceived for another ring was made Deep in the land of Mordor, in the fires of Mount Doom, the Dark Lord Sauron forged a master ring. And into his this ring he poured his cruelty, his malice, and his will to dominate all life. One ring to rule them all. <laughs> um. <laughs> Not getting into the whole thing, but like... Uh, yeah, I have to say, you know, get, uh, watching the movie, Dylan, you watched all three, like, right in, uh, succession there. I just watched, uh, The Fellowship of the Ring yesterday, the extended cut, and I watched the original one so many times. I was telling you right before we started the podcast that, like, I can always, I can still point out the things that weren't in the original cut of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is... <sighs> my wife was like, um... <laughs> she was she was at a uh, bridal shower actually dylan's uh fiance's bridal shower and uh she came back and she was like oh what'd you do today <laughs> she was gone for like four hours i was like oh i watched the lord of the rings the fellowship of the ring she was like oh okay what else did you do You're like no that's it i watched the lord <laughs> of the rings the fellowship of the ring. that's it's three hours and like 50 minutes so you know it's 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 definitely a slog of time but like the beautiful thing about those movies is one they aged they have aged really oh, yeah. well. like there's slight like things here and there but that's just getting nitpicky. But I mean overall they're really well done, really well crafted. The acting is superb um and the effects are really really mm. good. And it can be it's a 3 and a an hour and 48 minute eight, 48 minute movie, but it doesn't feel like that.
0: It's more of an experience um, I'd say
1: than like a Like a time Yeah And I mean it was It was just A giant nostalgia (laughs) ride pretty much most of the time And the music Oh Uh, I was texting you yesterday It just it hits everything Like the soundtrack on that is just masterful
0: No the music is fantastic Like when I think of Like a fantasy Soundtrack That is what I picture Like it's done so well like, when uh, mm-hmm. we were doing our D&D campaign, like, at the start of the pandemic, we did a D&D campaign virtually over Zoom and everything, and, like, I'd play, at some points, like, Lord of the Rings soundtrack in the background to set the mood, and, like, it's just so perfect for, like, any fantasy, like, any high fantasy setting and everything,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, like, it's not there anymore, but, like, I remember watching the original movie, like, the original cut of it on vhs and just like finding the car that was driving by in the background and everything and doing all kinds of like fun stuff with the movie itself and then once they came out the extended cuts like it was this huge big deal and like i ran out and bought them all on dvd right away and oh man like you said a giant nostalgia ride that definitely still in my opinion holds up Even, like, 20 years later.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Definitely does. Now, here comes the big question, though, Dylan. Yeah. With the Fellowship, obviously we meet all of our intrepid heroes, the Fellowship of all of them. Um, Do you think they could have just ridden the Eagles all the way? (laughs) That's the the one criticism that everyone always has about
0: the story for Lord of the Rings, and the answer is no. Uh, you couldn't just ride the eagles all the way over, um, because, like, as great as that battle is later on in other movies with the eagles versus the Mm -hmm. fell beasts, like, it just wouldn't have worked. You'd try and do that, and (laughs) you just see, coming across the sky. It'd be, it'd be nuts,
1: but no, that would not have happened, um... You see. You just see all the animated, like, or the memes and all the animated things that.
0: Yeah, know, it's like, Lord of the Rings, over in 90 seconds, <laughs> like with the flight mm-hmm. there. Because um, the Eagles, they just hold themselves apart from the world. They don't tend to get involved. Even though, like, you could argue, yeah, you know, Sauron is a big enough evil that they should have gotten involved. The, that's not the point of the Eagles. The Eagles are not, like, a kingdom. That would be, like, ruled over by Sauron if he did come to power. Although, he probably would. Oh, he would have Yeah, he probably them. would hunt them down and kill them.
1: Um, or mutilated them and turned them into some, fat, like, yeah. dark...
0: Well, like, when you think about how, like, the orcs originally are, like, twisted elves as, like, their origin. Which, you know, isn't in Fellowship of the Ring. But, um, I'm sure he would do something similar to the eagles. And... Sauron would not have been contented with just Middle-earth. He would have expanded beyond, and I I believe he probably would have tried to take on Valinor if uh, he was able to you know, conquer
1: Middle-earth, if he could get to Valinor. I don't know if he could or not. Yeah, there's... Yeah. There, I mean, there's so much... Like, J.R.R. Tolkien did such a beautiful job building this world off of a language, and... But there's just so much lore and everything else that I don't I don't know the answer to that one. Yeah, to be honest with
0: you. Yeah, I, I, it's been so long since I've read The Silmarillion, and I, I'm that's why I, like when I say I'm gonna reread Lord of the Rings, I'm gonna start with Silmarillion, then I'm gonna go into the Hobbit, yeah. and then I'm gonna go into the main trilogy. But like it, mm. I just don't remember like if you can actually get to Valinor by sailing to the west um, out of the Great Havens, or if it's like a special. Thing like where you have to be like invited and like take the boats or or whatever to get back over to the undying lands, there. Um, but talking about Fellowship of the Ring here, like you have such an incredible story because, like you said, it is the start of this adventure and it's actually my favorite of the trilogy because of that.
1: I would, yeah. um, and I would I, at least movie yeah. wise for me, I would say it's my favorite.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's so many people, like, when you're talking about the negatives of the Fellowship of the Ring movie, um, even in the extended cut, there's no Tom Bombadil, there's no Goldberry, you know, there's no Barrow Downs yeah. and stuff like that, but you have other things that just happen within it that are still so enjoyable. It's not a perfect adaptation,
1: <clears throat>
0: but it is still uh, a very, very well-done adaptation
1: I mean, it keeps the everything very interesting throughout the movie. There's no points during it where you're just like, okay, this is like slogging. It's, you know, going too slow or like that was too quick. Like, I don't understand why they're here. Like, it really takes its time, but it doesn't take too much time. You know what I'm saying? In terms of its pace and the things happening, like you have these very small moments of peace throughout. Mm-hmm that are quickly interrupted by some kind of peril or somebody, some something trying to get in their way. And in those little short times, they're doing such char- great character building and uh, creating chemistry between the fellowship to really set up like why the other two movies happened, even after the fellowship uh, breaks apart.
0: So real quick, one thing that I found very interesting, which I never noticed before until like I recently saw something about it was how little interaction Legolas has with Frodo. Oh, Not just even yeah. in Fellowship of the Ring, but in the entire trilogy of the movies.
1: Yeah, well, even Gimli and, like, Frodo don't really... They talk
0: when they're going through um, Lothlorien. More, they talk in yeah. Moria. They talk okay, more, yeah. way more. Um, but it's really funny. So, sticking with mm-hmm. Fellowship... Do you know how much Legolos says to Frodo? Uh,
1: just when he's like saying he's gonna go with him.
0: You have my bow.
1: That's all he says yes. to him the entire trilogy.
0: But <laughs> that is uh, actually, I'm sorry, the entire time of Fellowship of the Ring. That's all he says to him the entire movie. And like you said, it's almost four hours long um yeah but i huh. thought it was so interesting because like you never really like think about that
1: but um no you wouldn't have and i think that was something like rewatching it. something i noticed was really the inner the heavy interaction between gimli and Le- like legolas and mm-hmm. like they really did a good job setting like building that friendship yeah kind of laying the base of it starting in like a place of animosity yeah. and building towards a friendship and so that's really cool because like you know, by the end that they do become friends. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, I wonder if like that meeting with Galadriel really played a big role for Gimli in that, uh, in that case. And also too like the emphasis on Boromir Mm -hmm. Uh, and really kind of building, I wish they had done more. Like a lot of the interactions with Boromir always seemed very much like somewhat positive, but then always ended in kind of like a weird note because, you know, he wanted the ring. Um, I wish they had done, just, I mean, just for me, just a little bit more of a, just slightly positive, so, like, at the end you felt more. Well, so what I'll say is if you continue to watch the trilogy,
0: there's another part that's added in where Boromir retakes Osgiliath and, like, is claiming it for Gondor, and his father's like oh, those greedy little elves, they have the ring. You need to get it and bring it here. And Boromir's like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, why would I bring it to Gondor? You know, like, and he's very resistant to the temptation of the ring from afar. But then once he gets to the actual, like, Council of Elrond and everything, what he says to the council is basically verbatim what his dad was telling him. Like, oh, it's a gift for the foes of Mordor. Like, you know, all of that stuff is pretty much what Denethor was saying to him. But I think that Boromir is a very misunderstood character. And I feel like he gets a lot of crap for, you know, being evil or being corrupted by the ring and everything. But he's way more than just that. Yeah,
1: yeah, he just wants what's best for his people. And I just wish like I know in the books you get more time with him and it I again I haven't read the books since like middle school for me and so I mean like I don't really remember all the interactions with him so that's why I'm very excited to reread the Lord of the Rings as well before Rings of Power comes out but I yeah his character I just I just wanted a little bit more time with him and I know with the extended tut, they give they did give you some more some more space with him interacting with Aragorn mm-hmm. And, um, him and like, uh, Sam, Mary and not Pippin, was. uh, Pippin, and Mary and Pippin, who always loved Pippin, always my favorite out of the two of them. But, uh, I just, I just wanted some more time with him before the end there. And so then you just felt a little more emotionally invested with his character. Yeah.
0: I mean, like for me, I think the extended cut does a very good job on making Boromir a little bit more human. Where, like you said, it Mm. does add a lot more to his interaction with Aragorn, and that's the most interesting dynamic to me, because of them both being men of Gundor, even though Aragorn, you know, Mm -hmm. isn't really, you know, technically from Gundor, because he was born out in the wilds, and even though he's the rightful king and all that, Um, but it was such a very interesting character, Boromir is, and I feel like Sean Bean did a very good job, you know, portraying him, and... Unfortunately, Boromir is just another one of the characters that's a check mark on Sean Bean's death list. <laughs> but I
1: know uh, he's got a long list of them.
0: yeah. But it's still such a good, such a good movie, such a good character, and everything. Um, talking about some of the other things that were done in the Fellowship of the Ring, there was since you just watched it yesterday. Was there a particular scene that stood out to you that you thought like really encompassed what you loved about the movie?
1: um oh man there's too many there's quite a few actually to be honest with you i think at the beginning in the shire um just i want to take a step back and just say how much the lord of the rings movie and novels influenced all the fantasy writing we've seen 100 yeah um but just the beginning there in the shire and um, you know the whole party with Bilbo and Bilbo eventually leaving and then even the, the, I really liked the extended scene there where uh, Frodo's in the, in the bar with Samwise and you know they're having a couple pints or half pints <laughs> <laughs> um, of ale and you know you just see like how much like Frodo's at home there and I think that was such a great scene because he gets thrust into this whole adventure. And uh, the entire time you're like, he he really wanted to be at home. It wasn't like Bilbo where he's like, I want to go back out and have an adventure. Like he loved the Shire and he wanted to be there. And it, as the events unfold throughout the series, you're just like, wow, like, even though he wanted to just stay there and be comfortable. And he's doing all of this thing. He's going through all this adversity. He's taking all this, all this pressure by carrying the ring. And it really makes you appreciate his character and some of the choices he makes. And so that was, that was a big thing for me. Plus like, I love that it sets up the dynamic between Sam and uh, Frodo, which develops throughout the series and I, I really do think that an extra scene Really just added just enough To their, like, dynamic Um To really sort of explain Why they, uh, like why Sam did the things he did and why he was so Uh, bent on protecting Um, Frodo So You know, I
0: feel like starting off in the Shire Is, a, of course, a fantastic literary Choice by Tolkien Um, also, mm-hmm. you know great choice to like kind of ground the series and like here is what is at stake you know you have this this Mm -hmm. free folk who are very peaceful very calm you know just kind of like celebrating and living life celebrating a birthday Mm -hmm. party at the start of the series you know and then all of a sudden it goes down (laughs) and you know they have to go on this giant adventure to destroy the ring but Setting up the stakes of, okay, here's what we're fighting for. Here's what we're trying to, you know, preserve is so good. And, like, for me, like, one of my favorite scenes in Fellowship of the Ring is actually the scene in Lothlorien where you have, like, the party walking in there after having just lost Gandalf, and then you have Galadriel Uh, just kind of coming in and, like, interacting with everybody and trying to like tell everyone don't give up hope you know like keep keep the Mm -hmm. fire alive you know like stick to your quest and everything and it's a several scene different scenes in lothorian there but it does uh just to me kind of act as a reinforcer for what that first scene was trying to achieve where you know you're you're reminded of that connection to all that is good and and uh free in the world and what's what you're actually fighting for
1: yeah that is that is was a really good scene and again i think the extended cut did such a good job with that too i and i added just a little bit of humor there with the part where samwise they're like singing the song mourning gandalf's loss or death mm-hmm. and then samwise is like oh there should be there should be a hey, verse oh, about his fireworks, fireworks. 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 Yeah. And then he just starts singing it, and I'm just, like, sitting there, like, I forgot this was in here. <laughs> it's just so good. But it just shows, like, the meaning of even Gandalf. Yeah. I mean, and which is just so important. And, I, you know, if this was, like, oh, man, like, 15 years ago when we first watched this, or however long ago when we first watched it, uh, I'd probably go and say, like, scenes like The Mines of Moria, or... Well, that would probably be... That's, that's up there. Like, the that is up there. Moria. <laughs> I mean, it is. The fighting scene is awesome. But, like, now re-watching it, it's all these all these little scenes where they were having interactions as a group and you were just starting to get more into their relationships and who they were as characters. Like, those meant more to me this time watching through than I think I ever really paid attention to maybe before. Yeah. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I still love the the doom yeah. Bridge
0: scene with the Balrog and Gandalf. Oh. You shall not pass. You shall not pass. It's such an amazing scene. I love that scene a lot too. It is. Iconic. Oh yeah. Iconic. <laughs> but yeah, I think that the highlights for me of Fellowship of the Ring and what to me sets it above the other two films isn't the action scenes. For me, it's all the world building. It's all like. the the hero's journey scenes that you get throughout Mm -hmm. it that build upon the characters and make you fall in love with these characters every time you watch it. And that to me is what keeps me coming back to that particular film, that particular series. And just, yeah, that world in
1: general. I'd agree a hundred percent with that. It's because of, because this movie is so well done, it's the other two can do what they yeah. do where they focus more on just the action because you already have the motivation set up you already have what's at stake set up and so you don't really need to keep going over that stuff as you go into those other two movies you can really just focus on you know building towards this giant climax at the end so,
0: so. getting into some questions here for you about fellowship of the ring here
1: Oh well, wonderful quizzes. No, I'm not quizzing okay. you about like what
0: happened. I know, I like, yeah. okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I asked you like what your favorite scene was for their for the movie yeah. and everything like that. Um, was there a particular scene that you feel like didn't hit for you, or what are your thoughts on that?
1: Um, I would probably say mm, still the interaction between um, Gandalf and Saruman like when Gandalf goes to seek his counsel Mm -hmm. and you know they start fighting and stuff like one rewatching that I was like you know it was really cool what they could have done without doing like wavy CGI lines for magic and stuff like just the force of power and the music like that really drove home what was happening there but I just I wish there was a little bit more in there about and I know you get thankfully like when they did the Hobbit you got a little bit more of Saruman and you got it Oh, he's he's starting to turn a little bit away from the forces of good, but like just a little bit more of his reasoning and his understanding and try like trying to convince Gandalf. Like he just he just like sitting there Gandalf's like, okay, I'm gonna go, and then he just starts closing the doors and he's just like join me, like okay, why should I <laughs> you know, we've been fighting this evil for so long, like you know, give me this big old speech on all the reasons why you think it's better, and he just doesn't really. He just says it's like a hopeless cause, and I don't know. Maybe just something more to make me see why he would want to veer in that direction.
0: Yeah, so to me, like, again, that is one of the, the weaker scenes for Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, and one of the reasons I feel that way is because like how out of place it seems when compared to the rest of the the, not just the movie, but the rest of the series, where you have this wizard-on-wizard wizard battle, but just, like, the way that it's done with Saruman kind of, like, spiraling Gandalf up the tower at the end there, it's really cool-looking visually. But I was like, yeah. was he gonna die? Like, first time I watched this, watched the movie, I was like, is he gonna slam into the tower and, like, die? Or what's happening there? And yeah. then, uh, of course, no. He's just mm-hmm. on top of Orthanc and just... You know, chilling up there, waiting for the, the eagles to come and rescue him and everything. Um, but yeah, I think the motivation <laughs> for Saruman has always been one of the weaker points of it. And for me, like, what mm. I got as, like, his motivation was just that he feels like he it's self-preservation almost. Like, he doesn't feel like he can compete against Sar- Sauron. So he's going to just kind of join him and be on the winning side. It's like, oh, you're bigger and stronger than them. Let me put my cards on your,
1: on your uh, table over here. So yeah,
0: that's what I. But I I mean
1: to just completely like, because I mean the wizards were placed there to help preserve the races of Middle Earth, and and then you know you join okay, I'm gonna join his side, and then it's just like rip all the trees up, let's create some weird like things, like basically a complete betrayal of who his character had been for centuries, or who he was for centuries. So. Just maybe even a flashback of seeing some of the like
0: I would have loved I, I to have been able to story. see some good Saruman. And I know we get yes. that in some of the in the Hobbit, and that is But just a yeah. little
1: bit. It's still yeah. it's still kinda like tainted. So. Right.
0: Like you said, like for me, yeah. like when I don't know we're talking about fellowship here, but when we're looking at the Hobbit movies, like the scene where you have Galadriel and Elrond, or no, Elrond wasn't there, it was Galadriel, Saruman, and Gandalf going and fighting, like, the, the sorcerer, the necromancer at Baradur. like, that scene there is, like, the one scene in the entire, like, universe that we have on film so far, where Saruman is acting good, but even in that scene, you get the sense, like, oh, what did I just do, like, I, I can't do this i need to change sides like you see those seeds of doubt being planted even in that fight yeah but yeah okay uh going back to fellowship here like one of the things that is a is a little bit of a common complaint as well about fellowship of the ring is that the entire movie is them just walking but (laughs) i think we've kind of covered like why we feel like that's not a bad thing because uh, it does set you up on this actual journey, and part of a journey is walking, but part of what happens during mm-hmm. that long walk is growth for the different characters, and the bonding, and yeah. the fellowship, becoming friends, and everything like that. What are your thoughts on the, the walking complaint?
1: I, I I think it's silly. Uh, as we talked about, like those a lot of the times when they just showed him walking, there were still interactions <clears throat> between characters, like I mean, most of the time they were running, obviously. (laughs) But, uh, like, the walking scenes, like, when they're going up the mountain and they have that short scene there where Frodo trips and the ring comes out and, like, Boromir picks it up, and it's like, that's a very meaningful scene because, one, it shows that Aragorn is there for Frodo and for protecting the ring, not for like, you know, uh, being Boromir's buddy or anything like that, like, because he was ready to Oh yeah. yeah, kill him. He had his hand on a sword. Um, Boromir. It, it shows his temptation still with the ring, and why. Like later on in the series, like Frodo, ne- or in not in the series, sorry, in the movie, that Frodo never felt comfortable around Boromir really. And I, I just think all those little scenes—they were always very purposeful, you know. And it—it, it, I, I think it's silly to say that. I mean, whatever. Yeah. It walked. It wasn't just walking,
0: <laughs> but uh, go into like the final like the final battle of Fellowship of the Ring here when Frodo mm. and Sam leave the Fellowship. The yeah, with the Urukai yeah. going on, like that particular scene right there. I feel like it is a great climax because you see all the mistrust of Boomer all the temptation of Bohemir manifest itself as he tries to take the Ring mm. from from Frodo, but. Then you also see him instantly being like, what have I done? Like, why did I just do yeah. this thing? And he instantly goes to redeem himself, in my opinion, by trying mm-hmm. to rescue Merry and Pippin and standing up for yeah. them and trying to prevent the, the uruk from taking them. And he fails, but the fact that he did, you know, like Lone Ranger it <laughs> against an unsurmountable force, like, that to me... Yeah. Showed Boromir's true character.
1: I'd agree a hundred percent with that. I think that was a great redemption for him after he fell to temptation. Right. And I and I think you bring up even the, you where this wasn't your intention, but you brought up such a great point. Like there were so many scenes in this movie where people were tempted, mm-hmm. usually Boromir, usually Boromir. But I mean, also, I mean, Galadriel, but also like Galadriel yeah. and Gandalf. Mm-hmm all were tempted at certain points and it shows just how... Aragorn. Yeah, Aragorn as well. Just how desirable the ring was to people. And how special halflings were. These unassuming creatures that everyone wrote off. Like, when Elrond was talking to Gandalf about who's going to take the elves place of protecting Middle-earth. And he's like, dwarves? They care nothing about, you know, what's happening to people. Man? Like, they don't even mention (laughs) not
0: for nothing but hobbits weren't really warriors
1: (laughs) i know but i'm just saying Uh like they didn't even like mention them in this like as like a group of people like that were involved in this so i don't know i just thought that was really interesting um that all these people all these big powerful people were so tempted by this but this unassuming hobbit Ne- like, never really was. And see, I think you that's, know, that's at least point, though. consciously was. Is that, like, yes. you
0: have, like, the, this person who, or, like, is, I don't know how to say a race of creatures, race of race of characters, because I don't know if every Hobbit would have been so resilient, but you have this character who is this unassuming, um, purely good person who is able mm. to resist the temptation of evil for so long. And I mean... Watching the series, it's a lot of times where Frodo is tempted by the ring and a lot of yeah. times where he's putting it on when he shouldn't be, despite warnings. Um, but at the same time, <laughs> yeah. like I feel like he resisted so much more than anyone else would have been able to because of just the pure goodness in his heart. And although like after watching the series, I was like, damn, Frodo kind of sucks <laughs> the whole, after the whole series is done. But yeah. he is being tested way more than anyone else, and, like, it's hard to keep in mind the actual strain that is being put on him. And, like, that's why, like, when you that see him... turns people yeah,
1: so quickly. That's
0: why, like, when you see him putting on the ring and everything like that, um, and the fact that he was able to resist doing so for so so often, it's crazy to think the distance and the time that he actually was able to hold out against evil.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I yeah I want to kind of move it along. Keeping on with the ring, though, mm-hmm. I know for me as somebody who wa- just watched the show movie, and it's been forever since I read the Silmarillion, but even thinking about um, the show coming out, Rings of Power, watching this movie, the power of these rings really isn't communicated. I think in a uh, very meaningful way. I agree. Like it's like oh, they got all these rings, but like. What do they do? Instilled in them is the power to, and will to govern every race. Okay, but, like, what do these rings actually do? Well,
0: like you have the, like the it's not, one ring that all you really see it do is turn Bilbo invisible. Turn people invisible. Yeah. But like yeah. you said, like, you don't see, uh, like, Gandalf or Galadriel doing any of their magic stuff and then putting on the ring and doing a bigger magic thing or anything like that. Like, it's it's yeah. not explicitly clear... In the sh- in the movie, um, exactly how this ring makes them more powerful, but yeah, I, I agree that could have been done better.
1: And also, too, just this is kind of just a slight plot hole, and maybe you'll be like, "Oh no, this is why." But if the whole thing is is like Frodo cannot put the ring on because then they're gonna know exactly where it is. Like, but Bilbo was putting it on and off for years, <laughs> so. Hmm. Yeah, I think, like, one uh, of the
0: arguments for that was just that you have um, Sauron who's not at full full enough strength yet during oh, the time of yeah. The Hobbit. Where, like, because you got to think about he was coming back as, like, the necromancer of Baradur, and then he and then got he defeated got out, again from there. Out. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Like, it is a little bit of a plot hole. I did think about that, too, because you said Bilbo used the ring so often during the hobbit and he used it throughout his time in the shire again. Um yeah. one of the things that I wanted to ask you about was the depiction of Gollum in Fellowship of the Ring. So we only see Gollum twice in Fellowship of the Ring. Getting tortured and then like when he's following yes, him. Yes, getting tortured um oh, yeah. in you know the, the I forget which tower he's in, but it's getting tortured in Mordor. And then also when he's following Gandalf and the group in uh, the Mines of Moria.
1: Which, how do he get in the mines when the entrance was sealed? Because like...
0: he's sneaky and he knows the ways. Because <laughs> okay. of plot. Yeah. But, uh...
1: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Another little plot hole there. Also, how did he get out when there was all those orcs and like the, yeah, I don't know. Just like Balrog, so just you know, just. I'm <laughs> actually there. we do
0: see Gollum again as well. We see him floating in the river, um, like uh, with a log. So you don't see like the entire body of Gollum ever in the movie. But what I wanted to ask you about was, um, in the Fellowship, at least in the Mines of Moria scene, Gollum looks very like dark, like he looks almost grayish, bluish when you see him in there yeah. and compared to, you know, the pale creature that we see throughout the rest of the series there.
1: So I wanted to ask your opinion on that. I just think maybe they hadn't had it completely figured out yet. And then like when they did, th- and so it's kind of good that we didn't see more of them in the first mm-hmm. one, but when we do see more of them in the second movie and third movie, obviously a lot, um, they, they were like, this is much more appealing and a little offsetting. I think, um, yeah, I think it was definitely a good choice there. Me too. It really um, reminded me... not show too much.
0: It really reminded me of the Hobbit cartoon, actually. Because Gollum is like um, a grayish yeah. creature in that. And so yeah. seeing him in like that one Mind of Moria, Minds of Moria scene, it reminded me of that bit there. But yeah, um, that's all I got for Gollum. And I agree, I think it's a good thing that he was not included. Just kind of like tease that <laughs> a little bit.
1: Yeah. I I definitely. I'm just going to come back and just say, like, this is still my favorite of the three movies. I love the little throwbacks. Like, even uh, in the Extended Cut, when they were underneath the uh, trolls and they were like, look, Mr. Yeah. Oh, look, Mr. Bill. Sandwise is like, look, Mr. Bilbo. It's. Uh, or, look, Mr. Look, Mr. F- Frodo. Oh it's Bilbo's trolls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. I just like that because it's such a great. Just throw a callback to that.
0: And I I think it's so funny, though,
1: too. Sorry to interrupt you. um,
0: But it's so funny to me, too, like how you're saying now that Fellowship is your favorite movie. But, like, when we had this talk a little bit ago, like, because you just watched it yesterday, we had this talk a while ago. You were like, I don't think Fellowship's my favorite. I think it's Two Towers. I think it's Return
1: of the King. I forget which one you said. Um, I would not have said. I don't think I would have said two towers. I would have said fellowship. You would ordering. have said fellowship. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's always. But yeah, anyways, favorite. I think it's
0: like just important for me to like to emphasize like this is an underrated part of the trilogy, and I feel like yeah. a lot of people might not identify it as
1: like their favorite of the series, but yeah. it's it's so so good. Well, it's kind of like it makes me think of Star Wars, right? A lot of people would say their favorite movie is Episode Five. Uh, this. I don't know. It's the one where they're on Hoth yeah. at first. Uh, that's, yeah,
0: yeah. I think it's it's either five or six. I don't know. I think it's five. The Empire yeah, Strikes Back. Yeah, Empire Strikes Back. Five.
1: Yeah. Whereas, like you know, everyone has their favorite there, but like mine was always like the third one.
0: That one's Return, Return of, the, of the, Jedi the Jedi is really good too, but yeah. the the second in the original trilogy is my favorite of of Star Wars too. Yeah. yeah.
1: Anyway, uh, yeah. So. <laughs> I, it was really great coming back in uh, watching this. I think um, we'll definitely do one another episode on Sioux towers, and one on the Return of the King. Kind of talk about those. I think it'd be cool. It'd be neat to uh, again have somebody on maybe to talk about those movies or those books that w- and how they were really important to them, or if someone who hadn't maybe seen them before, watched them. Uh, that'd be cool too. So well, yeah, that, I don't have anyone in cool. mind for this. I, I,
0: I don't know. Like I don't
1: know if like Alexis would be down. Cause I don't. Oh, no, <laughs> she She's like these movies are three hours long. No thank you. And then when I was like, no, it's actually like closer to four hours. I'm like no, <laughs> that's not happening. Uh, so she will not. She would not be one. I don't know. Of maybe, those, maybe I'll talk um, with Amy and maybe, see if she would. Yeah. Or and if any listener is like super passionate about these movies, like absolutely send us a DM. Uh, we can maybe ha- set something up there. Or, if none of you are, that's fine too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have this conversation
0: uh, if it's the two of us or yeah. if we want to get a, a third person in here for an even broader discussion too, that'd be cool. Yeah. All right, but I think that's going to wrap up our little discussion here regarding Fellowship of the Ring and just ending again saying how much we both just absolutely awesome. love the movie. And really looking forward to, uh, to more Lord of the Rings discussion in the months to come. All right. Yeah. Well, with that, this is Two Nerds signing off. See ya. See ya.